0: Today, we've got Kara back on the show who's gonna talk about how her business first tanked by 80% during the pandemic, but now is 5X what it was? And she's also gonna give us a cool strategy on how to communicate with customers that no one else is using. How cool is that? Pretty cool, I think. Do you know that Amazon sometimes loses or damages some of your inventory? Usually they reimburse you for this but sometimes they might miss things. That's where Refund Genie comes in. What Helium 10's Refund Genie does is we go check out your reports and see if Amazon owes you any money. And then we give you the reports that you need to submit to Amazon so that you can get your money back. If you haven't run this, you could have hundreds, if not thousands of dollars that Amazon might owe you, especially if you've never used this before and you sell a lot on Amazon. So to find out more information, go to h10.me forward slash refund genie hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the serious sellers podcast by helium 10 i am your host bradley sutton and this is the show that's a completely bs-free unscripted and unrehearsed organic conversation about serious strategies for serious sellers of any level in the amazon walmart and e-commerce world and we have got my sister from another mister again for the third time i believe on the show third time's a charm Kara from across the pond. How's it going today?
1: Very well, thank you. Although rather wet and windy in the UK today.
0: It is ridiculously hot here. Um, you know, I live in Southern California, and we've had one of the most ridiculous heat waves we've ever had uh, it, it, in a September. It's been, I don't know what it is in, in in centigrade for all the people out there in centigrade, but in Fahrenheit, it's been over 100 where I live like three, four, five days in a row. And this is September. I don't know what is going yeah. on here, but...
1: We actually had the first time ever that in the UK we hit over 100 degrees or over 104 possibly um, Mm. in the UK, which has never happened in the history of uh, weather reports. And that happened, I think, in July or August. And then we've actually had an absolutely stonking summer. It's been stonking.
0: We start off right off the bat with new words every time Cara comes on here. We learn new words here. (laughs)
1: Um, so we have had a stonking. Now stonking means like really good, amazing, like you know, okay. the home run kind of thing, Um, and uh, it has been absolutely incredible. Uh, most of the it's been too hot to be honest. For because the, the thing is, what what Americans forget, uh, and Canadians to be fair, and Australians, uh, when we complain about the heat, is because we don't have air conditioning. So um, our houses are built to keep the heat in, not. Yeah. To- yeah out so like for me i'm in the loft is that is that the same in america like loft is that a word
0: i mean when i think of loft that that that's like a like a apartment but it's just one big open area is what we We consider kind of like a loft
1: So lofts in the uk is like basically a room that's in the roof of the house uh but you have like the rest of the house as well so it's not okay
0: we call that attic
1: Ah, an attic. Okay, I suppose we call it an attic, but we call it more aloft, I think. So anyway, I'm in the attic, um, and basically my fan just sits blowing hot air around the attic. That's pretty much it. So uh, that's pretty much the the state of the UK. But now we've literally had two or three days where it has just been thunder, lightning. I mean, I, I literally ran outside my office for about one nanosecond to shut one of the doors and might as well have just had a shower.
0: Mm, mm, mm. All right. Well, we've got, you know, we're not here to debate whether in UK versus California, we can go all day on that. But (laughs) one thing that I heard, uh, you know, I I saw you a few weeks ago in the Billion Dollar Seller Summit, and it sounds like uh, compared to what was happening in or, you know, with your sales in the pandemic, your sales lately have been stonking, uh, I guess. They have.
1: So so let's talk
0: about that, because I remember the last time you were on the show, you were like, you know something down, something crazy, like more than 70, 80%, you know, in some marketplaces, but you have since recovered. Now, was that, you know, did you start doing things differently or did everything is what, you know, the dip and the peak has been 100% just because of what's been going on with the, the pandemic?
1: No, I mean, to be fair, um, when I spoke to you in my, the pits of despair uh, last time, it only really lasted about a month and a half. <laughs> hmm. Okay. So, um, I had well, to- hey
0: guys, uh, there you have it. If you want to boost your sales, come as a guest on the Serious Sellers podcast, and boom, we'll, we'll, we'll revitalize that right away.
1: Everyone heard me on here, and then basically that was it, worldwide. Um, now, I think, uh, I think what might have happened uh, is that uh, I think once it all kind of kicked off, uh, I had to actually start doing things differently. So uh, I think, I don't know if I remember saying at the time, but I'd moved over to doing FBM because we were actually unable to, like FBA was useless, Mm-hmm. Um, and actually that is one of the things I've kept up, uh, in, um, in the UK anyways, we still do FBM a lot more than we used to, um, and keep it there as an offer, which is something I would have probably been a little bit dismissive of in the past. Um, but actually now I think it's always useful, particularly because we keep running out of stock because the sales are so stonking, we keep running out of stock. So, mm. um, and Amazon can be so slow on taking product in that we then make sure we've got an FBM listing because we've got stock at the warehouse, but we don't necessarily have stock active in Amazon. And we're doing that actually at the moment, we've got a product going in to the UK at the moment. And uh, we've already sold a couple on FBM today because it is going through slowly through the the slow wheels of Amazon's um, system. Uh, now, but, now
0: your products, are are they a little bit bigger? No. Uh, like the actual package? No. Or, or no, they're, they're just regular wheels. size?
1: Yeah, they're just regular size. There's nothing oversized about them. If anything, they're small. Um, okay, I mean, so so like, so uh,
0: the reason for, for asking is, yeah, you know, is, Now that you have done well. a lot of FBM, how is how's, how, how's the profit difference? Uh, you know from <laughs> you FBM, know, it's
1: slightly better um, hmm. because obviously you're not paying the referral fee. Um, so yes, we have to pay the shipping. You the mean
0: shipping not, you, the wait the so referral? We,
1: f- pay, we don't have to pay the whole the whole amount. Yeah, all the
0: shipping and handling and, and sending it to handling, the storage. Exactly, okay.
1: Exactly. And everything else. So um and, and that actually does reduce it very slightly. So it's certainly comparable, okay. if not yeah. I think very slightly cheaper. Having said that, I still would say FBA, unfortunately, is still. Of course, a of course.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it's it, I, I found the same. Now now for me that the breakdown is probably, you know, more than ninety percent FBA to, to FBM and knock on wood, you know, you hopefully you don't you don't you know you don't have many inventory issues actually if you have an inventory issue that's not necessarily your fault that must mean your your sales are stonking right and and then you know that's kind yeah. of a good problem to have but at the same time there's always going to be people like that maybe don't even have amazon prime that sometimes will yeah. order the fbm listing exactly. if it's there and so okay you
1: know, we also always offer free uh, shipping so um you know yeah. we try, yeah. we make it like appetizing so it's less of a decision you know if they if they want to go um fbm then it's still free so
0: Okay. All right. So, you know, other than being on the podcast, what were some things that, uh, you know, were going on that, you know, uh, helped increase your sales? You know, what was it? Do you think just a factor of of people getting out, you know, more or what was going on?
1: I think it's I I do. Unfortunately, I think there's an element of it, which is it's the result of having a very long end game um, in terms of um, obviously my business has been going now for 12 years. Um, But in the last sort of two or three years, um, I've done some seriously hardcore work on my websites. So I'm a big Shopify fan. I've got four websites around the world, UK, US, Canada and Australia. Um, and then I have um, some. I've had somebody working on SEO on my on my uh, website, so making sure that we're like actually working hard off Amazon as well as on. Um, I've also taken somebody on who's doing Facebook ads and actually doing very well. Whereas I've had an awful lot of offers from millions of people who always say, "Oh, I'm going to you know turn your ROI fifty times over," and I'm like, "No, you're not." Um, but um, because you really need somebody who understands the product, because with it being a baby product and a slightly challenging baby product sometimes in some ways, um, therefore it's not just as easy as selling a handbag, for example, or what have you. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, I think also because um I've always believed that there will always be a customer who wants to buy direct from the brand, and there's always gonna be a customer who just wants it as quick as physically possible and who also can't be bothered to like fill out all their details. So I've always made it very easy for people to move from the website to uh, Amazon because I'm, I'm, I, I don't care where they buy it from. I just want them to buy it. Um, and uh, I think that's sometimes things some people get a little bit precious about is, you know, oh, well, I want them to buy from my website. Well, are you thinking about you or are you thinking about your customer? And so I'm always about what's best for the customer. Um, one of the other things we've spent a lot of time on is um, building relationships with experts in the area. So, for example, we have a lot of baby sleep consultants that recommend the products. And that becomes then a sort of a self-fulfilling sales machine because they're constantly recommending the products to their clients and talking about them because it's very integrated with what they're doing. Um, and that's something that can apply, um, I think, to any product really is that, you know, you just need to look at, where are the people who are talking about this subject so if you've got a cycling brand you know who are the people and and not necessarily i think a lot of people get distracted by approaching the big like kim kardashians of the world whereas mm-hmm. actually you know i mentioned kim kardashian might be nice but it's probably not going to do that much good in the long run whereas if you can yeah. build relationships with smaller influencers and people who actually genuinely love your product and can see why it's useful and helpful and love your brand and what you stand for um then i just think that that also adds a huge lot of value and we've spent a lot of time over the last couple of years it's definitely been a a real focus uh, working with sort of the micro and nano influencers and also um, these sort of baby sleep consultants and baby experts and you know pediatricians and all midwives etc etc and you know it's just sort of building that credibility and building that buzz you know it's about basically i'm sure there are lots of other products that you know could be seen to be being similar to mine out there but mine's the one that's been out there talking loudest you know, you've, you've got to kind of build a story around your business.
0: Okay, now I, I had somebody on here whose main marketplace also was was Amazon UK, and and something he he did in like all of his listings and advertising was to make sure everybody at least locally understood he was a local owned business. Yeah. Um, is that anything that you like, like, do you, do you care about that? Do you think your customers care about that? Do you advertise that uh-huh. anywhere? Or do you keep it kind of neutral since you sell all over the world?
1: Right. So I think the thing is at the end of the day, people buy from people. They yeah. also like stories. So if you're not prepared to be the face of your brand, that's fine. But you do need to find some kind of story, whether that's, you know, like, um, oh, what's the shoe company? Har- not Harry's, that's the uh, razor. Is it Tom's. Tom I knew it's one yeah. I knew it was a short name uh Tom's shoes where they donate X amount blah 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 so it isn't necessarily always a story about a person it can be a story about a mission that the company has you know wanting to reduce waste or wanting to you know do Good in the world, but I mean, I've chosen to go down the road of you know, it very much is a mum invented product. It's a product invented by a mother, um, and I'm very much the face of the brand. And I mean, we get people who literally message in um, on Instagram. They're like, "Oh, hi, Cara." You know, I'm wondering if you can help me with like whether or not it's going to fit my stroller or not. And you're like you're thinking sort of like, wow, you know, and, and often they may well get me because <laughs> if I'm yeah. not, then I'll answer the question. Um, but I have a team of people who are sort of sitting there who are all mainly mums um, who, you know, will be answering the questions on my behalf, so to speak. But it is very much something that we uh, we value is the fact that pretty much nearly everyone on the team is a mum. I'm thinking pretty much, yeah. And I think actually everyone on the team directly is a mum. And we therefore understand parents and, you know, how parents worry about things, how you know, we understand we we don't ever judge, you know, we don't ever try and be clever, if you know what I mean. And we try mm-hmm. and we talk to people in a tone of voice that we think is appropriate. Um, and normal, you know, I think, I do think sometimes, um, and this is the same in any business, not just Amazon businesses, but I do think sometimes people, when they get into a business environment, suddenly start talking like a Dalek, you know, like they start talking like a robot because they sort of, it's almost like they, now they,
0: now there is something that I understood
1: Ah, that probably 98% Ah.
0: of our audience didn't. Uh huh. All right, and you are cool if you're part of the two percent. But a Dalek is from Doctor Who. It certainly and, is. And and you know, exterminate, exterminate. I love it. All right, finally something that I actually knew that you well, <laughs> that, that you said. That, all right, that, continue before thing, we go too off the rail. Of. The sad thing
1: is, is I, I remember seeing the original Daleks because I'm a bit older.
0: <laughs> no, I remember the original <laughs> ones too. Yes, yes. You yes. got the
1: slightly more modern ones. <laughs> they were less. I actually a, one of my pictures. Of I rotate
0: these pictures that are above me these little, little oh, artistic yeah. things here. And one of them is, uh, I don't have it right now. It's not in the rotation, but one of them is a, a doctor who, uh, oh,
1: I want to see that uh, next time, artwork. Please. Yes. On my fourth, my fourth interview where we can go into even more detail.
0: There we go. There we go. Um, uh, now, now something you mentioned though, r- right there, w- uh, you reference like your team and, and their mothers and things like that what is the composition of your team now? You know, because, you know, you're, 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 a you know, I guess we would call seven figure seller and, and how has your team grown, shrunk? Uh, like what what's happened since before the pandemic, you were kind of high, you went down low. Like, did you have to let people go? Did you, have you hired more since sales are booming? H- how has the uh, evolution of your team gone?
1: Yeah. So interesting. I was having this discussion today because we're actually recruiting a couple of extra people at the moment. Um, mm. And um, it, it has rather than, necessarily hugely expanding or hugely shrinking, Um, what I'm doing now is actually outsourcing individual jobs rather than roles, if that makes sense. So um, what's happening is, for example, uh, rather than having one person who does the marketing Right? Mm-hmm. Um, who does like you know newsletters and uh, website and this and that and the other blah blah blah. I have one person who does website copy. I have one person who's doing a newsletter. I have one person who's like we're going to get someone in who specialises in TikTok. I've got one. Um, then I've got. Then I've still got a team of people who like I've got a a, a team of three at the moment and it'll probably stay a team of three, um, who will basically be running the kind of day to day social media, which is us approaching people, dealing with people approaching us the brand collaborations, which is where you work with other brands to kind of reach their audience and they reach yours, you know, all those sorts of things. As I said, I've got someone doing SEO. I've got someone who does Facebook ads. uh, I've got someone who's been doing landing pages, someone who does email marketing. And by doing it that way, it means actually, um, it's a lot. And I've got somebody who writes blog posts. I've got, I'm taking someone else who writes a different style of blog post on. Um, But what it means is, is that, it makes you a lot more flexible, you know, because actually, and mm-hmm. also very much more, I think you get more work done because what happens is the people who are good at what they do, do what they're good at. Whereas yeah. if you try and have like a, a jack of all trades, master of none, um, then do you know that phrase?
0: Uh, absolutely. Oh, I, I don't know. I I don't think that's just a British thing. Oh, I think that's a universal good. one there. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, so i was just checking. Um, yep. and, uh, and I think, you know, that's the thing. I think that in the early days, I think you have to have jacks. Of all trades because that's all you can afford but I think as you start to get a bit bigger you can actually afford to pay someone maybe a bit more but to do a bit less because you're less worried about how much output they're going to they're going to have um so I think you know I've I've still I've got uh, one person who kind of does all my logistics and stock and shipping etc etc I've got one person who's on uh, customer service and they do that five days a week five hours a day I have a a VA in the Philippines who does a lot of our sort of admin and reports and um, a lot of the sort of Uh, Excel spreadsheet crunching and things like that, and a lot of um, order fulfillment, etc. So it's, as I say, I think it's really a case of um, sort of picking and choosing more and actually making sure that you've got maybe more people but doing less, less work. uh, So overall, you're getting things done a little bit quicker
0: okay what, what would you say are are some of the bigger challenges you have now you know would it be you know inventory management across your platforms or or rising ppc costs or, or what's like you know what keeps you up uh at night uh you know about your business not a lot <laughs> i like that i like that
1: I, um, not a lot does um to be honest uh ppc costs we try and keep it at 10 take takeoff. so you know if it, it, it as long as it stays around there i'm pretty happy i don't we try mm-hmm. not to move it much so i've got some campaigns which are like doing 200 acos or something but actually for me they're good at like brand they're, they're part of building the brand not necessarily purely about clicks to sell if that makes sense and they're not spending obscene amounts of money and then we've got other keywords which are ridiculously cheap so therefore that counteracts you know the um the, the more expensive ones so techos uh, uh, advertising ppc Generally doesn't really worry me because um, I have somebody who looks after that for me. Um, and uh, I just sit there and every now and then I'll just look and check what the average is. And as long as the average is under 10% of my total um, cost of sales, then I'm I'm pretty happy. Uh, inventory again, I mean, like this year's been pretty stressful because we we have we were literally selling like five times the amount that we've ever sold before in the UK. Wow. Um, and we've also Sold, I think 158% more in Australia, and we're up about 128% in Canada. Um, now uh, we have gone down slightly in the US because I've got quite a lot of um, very cheap, quite frankly nasty Chinese uh, copies, um, mm-hmm. badly written, you know, clearly. But the thing is, if they're so much cheaper, I can totally understand why why people want to buy it um, or try it at least. And um, so. I think for me, one of the, I mean, inventory is just one of those things. I mean, I'm very lucky. I've been working with my own manufacturer for 12 years. We have a great relationship. Um, and I literally just kind of go shit. We've run out of product. Uh, is that how quickly can we get some stuff? It's increased my costs in terms of having to fly products around, which I never like doing, but you know what? Like, excuse my french but shit happens so you just have to deal with it and as long i'm i'm always of the mindset which is as long as it's financially viable and i'm making a profit i'll sell it if i'm not making a profit i won't so it's simple as that mm-hmm. I'd rather be out of stock of something than sell it at a loss um and also i've put my prices up again this year as well like um you know quite recently um i do it's really worth looking at your pricing structure because sometimes i think we get so paranoid about like oh my god like i mean i'm never the cheapest ever but even at never being the cheapest, um, actually, my costs have gone up, you know, quite significantly. Sure. Um, and so sometimes you have to actually look at the reality versus the dream. And like, yes, I'd love to keep my prices at exactly the same price they've been at for like the last 10 years. But actually, my costs have gone up a lot. So I've just added on like a couple of pounds here and a couple of pounds there. And it hasn't really slowed down the sales. So I'm like, okay, good. Like, let And then that just gives you that little bit of flexibility to be able to you know, fly products in when customers want it like ASAP. And it's like, well, okay, but I'm flying them in, you know, there, there's a cost associated with that. And it's not a cheap one. Um, yeah. So, you know, all of those things come into play. Um, But I mean, as you say, I, I what I've generally tried to do is I, I very rarely, I think, I think maybe this year, we did sell out completely of like one age range of product, which we've not done before. But like, actually, it was only for about four or five weeks, but it did it hurt like the fact that I didn't have normally I've got, if I've got one in that age range and one runs out, I've got the other one to to fill the gap and I, there mm-hmm. was nothing. So that was, that was a bit weird. But again, that was, you can't really complain because it's too many sales, you know, is is just one of those things. Um, and uh, what else is there? That's, uh, oh, the, I mean, I think the biggest thing is I actually do want to redo like a couple of my listings and I just don't know who to go to, who I would trust to actually do it, properly, if you know what I mean. I think there are an awful lot of people out there who would do it and it would make it look like any other Amazon listing, but I don't like things to look like any other Amazon listing. So it's sort of, it's quite difficult sometimes, I think, to find somebody who's skilled in that way, if you know what I mean.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now, you mentioned, you know, advertising, what kind of ads uh, are, are you doing? Like, like, do you obviously, uh, you know, everybody does, you know, sponsored product ads, but are you doing sponsored brand? Are you doing sponsored oh. brand video? Are you doing sponsored oh. display? Are you doing product targeting all of the above?
1: So I think we've tried product targeting um, and it was a little bit broad, I think. And I'm not, I think maybe we've only got one campaign that kind of worked. So we're still running that. I do quite a lot of sponsored brands. And I do quite a lot of videos um, because I find that those work really well um, in terms of sort of selling the concepts of the product um, and catching attention. Um, so I generally do try and do those. I also um, upload videos like onto my listings as well, like, you know, demo videos and all that sort of stuff on like how to use the mm-hmm. product, etc. And so I've had a, a bit of a revisit on some of those making sure that they're actually relevant to that product. And so yeah, so I do sponsored brand, I'm very big fan of sponsored brands. I think my agency would probably do less of sponsored brands, but I love them. And uh, although they mm-hmm. are probably a little bit more expensive, I, I love the fact that I can often dominate the page. You know, because I'm doing the sponsored brands and we're doing like the, you know, the sponsored um, keywords. We're doing like anything and everything we can, basically. Um, so when someone hits and looking for certain keywords, hopefully they get inundated.
0: Yeah. Now, you know, it doesn't sound like you do too much, you know, sponsor display or product targeting. But what you? this kind of is a Helium 10 really uh, strategy here, here. but
1: I don't think I do any sponsor display because I don't think I'm, uh, I've am i got an account to do it. I think you don't have to have a special account.
0: No, you, you, nowadays, I mean, before, yeah, you used to, but you know, nowadays, as long as you have brand registry, you know, you're, you're, you're good to go. If you can do sponsored brand, you can do sponsored display.
1: Every day I shall be, I should be looking into that.
0: (laughs) All right. Now, wouldn't you say that, you know, obviously if you're doing any kind of product targeting, you know, ASIN targeting, you know, whether it's regular sponsored products or whether it's sponsored display that, um you know, of course you, you'd you probably do, you know, similar products like your, your competitors, maybe who are a little worse than you, but also what do you say another good target to do are some of the uh, products that are bought together with yours? Yes, because exactly. obviously there's a history, right? Now, yeah. do you know, like, I, I, I'm just looking on your, on your um, storefront right now. It looks like your, your $89 canopy cover yeah. and tent is, is like one of your top sellers, right? Yes. Like, would you, do you Happen to know what are all the history of the frequently bought together like in the last thirty days that that Amazon has been showing for that?
1: I don't, but I. All right, well,
0: I, I just found that in two in two minutes in thirty seconds here on Helium ten. So, like for example, one of the top ones that is bought with your product is a white noise sound machine. Oh
1: yeah, actually, people love white noise sound machines.
0: Yeah, uh, for for babies. Another one is a inflatable bathtub froggy collection. Um, here is a munchkin any angle weighted straw trainer cup um num pre-spoon goo utensils. what in the world? oh baby spoon set okay um you know here's a you know all, all of these are baby products like yours now the the this this to me is insightful, and this is why I always like using this this thing. Is yeah, I, I can see what's on there right now. Like right now, if I go to your if I go to your page, the the frequently bought together actually is that spoon set, and then um, what is this uh, a privacy pod? But. Sometimes people, when they're doing their, their yeah, ACE and really targeting, they, they only-
1: Actually, yeah. Well, that's my competitor, yeah. you see. So uh, that privacy pod. So um, that's quite interesting. I'm not sure. That that says buy it with. I don't think anyone would buy both really, unless they were just trying- yeah. Well, buy.
0: that that's actually something that I recently reached out to Amazon because that's something newer where, it says both frequently bought together sometimes and buy it with. There, there used to be something that said customer also oh, bought, but th- that's right. gone.
1: And then you get more like what I'd call compatible mm-hmm. products rather than yes.
0: But Amazon told me it's the same as frequently bought together. I was like, well, really? So yeah. I got to do more digging into that. But I was like, well, what's up with this buy it with instead of frequently bought together? Like I see both. Now. They're like, no, no, no we, we use that interchangeably. Sorry for the confusion. Our bad. You know, so so people are buying these things, you know, and, and so, hey, so here, I know I know you and I are gonna go over some Helium 10 things later, but there's your first Helium 10 lesson today. You go into black box, yes, and there's a tab, the fourth tab in there, which almost nobody uses, right, go on. is called product targeting. And then you just enter in your ASIN, your competitors' ASIN, whatever, and then a whole bunch of products come out, but filter it out for, the there's a, there's a source there. So hit that filter and then do frequently bought together. And, and there's 23 different products that we have history of your product being uh bought with per what Amazon is showing and uh, there you know some of them like I'm sure you're very familiar with but there's others that um that may, 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 maybe you didn't know about
1: yeah, absolutely well and also to be honest it is something I mean this is the other thing I would say to anyone listening who's uh, early days or even later days like me, the thing is you can't do everything. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's like, you know, don't feel, I. I whenever I learn something new, I'm always excited, not disappointed. I'm, I'm, you know, don't sit there going, oh my God, how could I have not known that? I'm like, brilliant. I've done really well without knowing it. So imagine if you add that into your arsenal um, and then actually you're going to do even better. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's some, there's one side of the coin where it's like you, like maybe, you know, you're, you're, you're not doing some things that maybe, that maybe um, you know you wish you had you know more time for whether it's sponsor display or whether it's using you know helium ten. But on the flip side, you could try and learn every new thing out there, but then you have the, this information overload, and you like have no idea what to do, and then you start you know missing out on things that way. So that you got to find the right balance now
1: balance exactly and you've actually got to find the time as well to actually do stuff it's all very well knowing about stuff i don't read business books okay so i I know everyone out there like so many people read business books i don't think i've even read i've maybe read like a few chapters of the odd book here and there because you know i listen i tend to pick stuff up from other people so they'll say oh i read this book about like the four hour week or whatever it is For you know and i'm like okay that's (laughs) a concept find out a bit about it but i don't necessarily need to read the whole book um, and, um, and so that's the same thing as well. I think just being curious and listening to things and keeping your eyes peeled. Like I find, I mean, helium 10 Facebook group is, you know, I'm, I'm quite often in there and I quite often pop in and offer my, my five pennies worth of advice. Um, and, um, you know, and I think that's the thing is just sort of picking stuff up and, and just being interested in what's going on. And then I think that helps sure. you grow.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, uh, we were at the, you know, again, at the Billion Dollar Seller Summit, I remember we were eating lunch at a table and you were like, uh, hey, I've got this really cool strategy uh, that I've been using that that has helped me. Uh, are you willing to uh, share that here or, or do we keep that at the Billion Dollar Seller, seller Summit? <laughs>
1: Do you mean my um, my amazing the amazing piece of software that
0: I found? Yes, yes. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, I'm happy to share. It's not my business. All I'm right,
0: thinking- let's do that. Let's, let's do instead of a thirty second tip, let's just make that our our, our episode ending tip because that I already forgot what it was. It was so amazing, but you know that's just my bad memory here. But it was actually pretty cool. I had never heard of anybody using it in this this way that you're doing it. But right. but what is that software? What's it supposed to be for? But then how did you end up uh, using it and so much that you almost broke it because they're like, why is she using it this? Ways. <laughs>
1: yeah. I've kind of n- nearly broken a few things. I think that's the thing with maybe having an inventor's brain is that I tend to sort of just push things to my own limits, you know, but yeah, this piece of software, I think I don't know what it's really called because I mean, it's pipeline pro, um, but I think it's like under Go pipeline pro. Um, and basically it's, it's fundamentally, it's a customer relationship management tool. So um that that basically means that you know you can do your email marketing with it, you can do your like you can do funnels, you can create little websites, um, you can manage your social media channels, um, you know, you can you can literally do it's like a combination of like all the different things, like the MailChimps, the Clavios, the Zoho's, et cetera, et cetera. And it's been created by two guys. Again, who I have no affiliation with whatsoever. Um, And I think that the story is, whether or not it's true or not, I don't know. But the story is that they run their own marketing agency. And then they've probably done what a lot of Amazon sellers, and hence why things like Helium 10 are in existence, is they see problems coming up all the time and they want something to solve that problem. So um, I think they wanted something. that The main issue you have with with CRM systems um, is that you have to pay per user. And so it ends up getting quite expensive. And then also, mm-hmm. not on top of the paying by user, uh, you also often have to pay by the number of contacts you have. So, again, that can really increase the cost. So, you know, I have a team of, what, like eight or nine people. And so for me to be paying, say, $100 a month for eight or nine people using multiple pieces of software, it starts really adding up. So, I was sitting there and it was a a May bank holiday. So, uh, you don't, I don't think you have bank holidays, do you? But you have public holidays. So, it's kind of like a, you know, July the 4th type thing. And we have Mm -hmm. um, two holidays in May, although this year it was particularly long because of the Queen's birthday. Um, And uh, I was sitting there and I didn't have my daughter that weekend and I was a bit bored and I was scrolling through on Instagram and I saw an ad for this piece of software. And I thought, oh, that sounds quite interesting because I really like the idea of unlimited users and unlimited contacts, but I wonder what it can do. So as I said, it's really probably designed to be more like the sort of thing, you can integrate it with Shopify, you can integrate it with WordPress. So you can like, you can basically push all your customers through it. um, And then you'd be able to set up email, um, like communications with them and like funnels and send newsletters and, you know, do all your, uh, you can also do a uh, chat box, a live chat, although I don't think it's very good at live, but it's certainly good at getting messages across. I also use it for things like faults and returns and things like that. So we, you can do forms, different forms. So we get if a customer has a fault or they have a return, we send them a form and they have to fill in all the information, which then creates a contact, which means we can manage them rather than what was happening before is we we're getting loads of emails Right, and the problem with loads of emails coming into loads of different email inboxes is you can lose them really easily Um, and it's difficult difficult to find them so you know if we have a customer and they come in and they've got a fault and they bought it on amazon we tag them fault we tag them amazon we tag them the name of the product um, and then we tag them the person who's going to be looking after them and then once uh, they've done their next bit then we move them on to the next person so you take one tag off and put another tag on you basically move them through the process so Um, The same with like social media. So for example, Facebook and Instagram are a freaking nightmare to manage if you've got lots of customers coming in that way. And we have probably the majority of our customers coming to us via social media, whether that is faults or orders or product requests or shipping requests, et cetera, et cetera. And the problem is there's no real way of, like, organizing them Uh, because, you know, again, Facebook has got minimal tagging abilities and Instagram's got none. I mean, you've literally got, like, I think primary and general as your two streams. And there's no real way of finding people. How the hell do you find them after the event? How do you find when someone's done, like, a really amazing quote How do you find that person? Well, we tag them amazing quotes. So we can look through all the people who've done an amazing quote and we can find them. Uh, We can tag them like ask for a review and then ask them to go and put a review, whether that's on Amazon, on our website, Google reviews, whatever it might be. Um, So this system has really helped uh, because it means anybody can go in. You can create smart lists from tags. So anything that's tagged with fault anything that's tagged with Instagram, like, or, you know, we have influencers and we tag them as different numbers. So it's like a small influencer, medium, large, extra large celebrity. So we can find all of them in easy one go, which one, which products have they got? So we know that we, well, that they've got that product. So we need to tell them about that product next in maybe a couple of months time. So you can, it's got diary, you can do dates, you can do like, you know, um, alarms and all that sort of stuff. So it's just really, I have to be honest and say, again, a bit like Helium 10, I'm probably not even scratching the surface of what it can do, um, but certainly the way I use it, I mean, they the the, the company were a bit like in shock. because I'm like, well, can you do this and this and this and this and this and they were just like, oh, it can do that, but no, it can't do that. Well, it can do, we don't know if it can do that. <laughs> And you cool. can use it for SMS, for text messaging, you can call customers on it, which is great. So like, for example, uh, I had to get hold of Australian Seller Central and there was actually a mm-hmm. phone number, right? Because in Australia, they're still a few years behind. So I just rang <laughs> using my Australian mobile number that I have on pipeline and spoke to them and sorted all out using it that rather than, and it was, you know, great line. I ended up doing it when I'm in the car, you know, off my mobile, cause you can call from the app. I mean, it was just, you know, brilliant. But you know, as a general rule, it just speeds everything up, like, and means that we can actually deliver really good customer service. And since we've been using it, actually, we've been getting a lot more comments from customers on, like, "Oh my God, your customer service is amazing!"
0: Interesting. So, what's it called again?
1: Uh, it's called Pipeline Pro. So, if you look for it, uh, I think it's like Go Pipeline or something like that. But it's Pipeline Pro. Um, it's like the website's app.pipelinepro.com. Oh, it's Go Pipeline Pro. Uh, com, but actually in terms of just managing customers and the all of my um for example all my customers like on my websites like contact us and they basically have a form uh that basically you know come and get in touch and we'll we'll reply or we have a chat option and then they get an automated reply everything's automated as well so as soon as someone's messaged us they get a message that says hi there we've got your message but if you want to get hold of us the quickest way is actually on instagram or facebook so often, then people come through and come into Facebook and Instagram, which is much faster for us anyway. Because then, once we've got them, you know, we we have them.
0: Okay, cool. All right, that's uh, that's a great tip. Now, speaking of great tips, you'll be speaking at the Sell and Scale Summit. This is probably one of the the last episodes before the the actual live one. So, what do you what are you uh, enlightening us on at the Sell and Scale Summit?
1: Well, my plan is to kind of tell a bit, bit about my story because I think it's always quite interesting about it's I'm yep. just not your normal Amazon seller, as we know. I'm not normal in many ways, as you also know. Um, uh,
0: <laughs> you said it, not me. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, but now I'm going to mainly be talking about like how to brand build and how to like um, grow celebrity fans, grow affiliate networks that really kind of make, make sales for you without you kind of really having to sell yourself.
0: Okay. I love it. I love it. So, guys, if for whatever strange reason you have not gotten your ticket, uh, first of all, VIP tickets are sold out uh, right now for a selling scale, but but you can still get in with the regular tickets. You want to come see Kara in person learn some uh, British slang and, and learn about her story, uh, you go to h10.me forward slash S3. You could use the code S3BS100 to save uh hundred dollars off guys. Uh, I tell the story a lot, you know, my whole Amazon journey started when last second, uh, a week before it happened, I was listening to a podcast and I heard about a, an Amazon conference, I guess on a whim went and changed the course of my life, you know, forever. So it could happen to you too. So make sure to come and Carl will be dancing in my Zumba fitness class uh, at 7.30 right. AM on, on, on Tuesday morning. Uh, she's already committed to that. Um <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, uh, so there's, there's plenty of other reasons to go other than Zumba. So so Cara, thank you so much for joining us. If people want to reach out to you in the meantime or or you know take a look at your story a little bit, how can they find you on the interwebs out there?
1: Well, on the interwebs, uh, there's uh, Facebook. I've got a, a Facebook page, which is called Make It, Brand It, Sell It. I, I don't actually do anything on it. I mainly post pictures of me like in Austin and, and things like that. Um, but, um, I'm also on Facebook. I'm the only one, I'm the only me, uh, on Facebook. I'm, uh, and if you're interested in the business, the business brand name is Snooshade. Um, and I've got, as I say, I've got different websites in different countries, but we're all on social media, et cetera. So come and say hello.
0: Awesome. All right, Cara, thank you so much. And I'll be seeing you, uh, in a week or so.
1: I know. So exciting.
0: Bye-bye.